Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. We are live on the Wrestling Eat Friday Night podcast. So live that Roland had to let us all know, uh, started barking. You should let it fly. Let those choppers fly. We need a third co-host. Glenn is not with us uh, today. He has suffered a brutal injury, and he will be soldiering through it and back better than ever on Tuesday. I am Alfred Kunwa at This Is Nasty. Joined, as always, by our returning champion, NYC Demon Diva Issa. What's going on, Issa? I can't wait to talk about one segment that just oh. won me over tonight. Oh, you and me both. That makes me so happy. See, I had no idea what you... I was so busy freaking out about one particular segment. Who knows if we're talking about the same one that I didn't really get to see what everybody else thought, but a uh, big fan of it, and I hope that we can love on it today. But a lot to get to on a SmackDown and Rampage, two actually kind of big shows in terms of, especially Rampage, I guess, in terms of storyline development of what we're going to see next week on Dynamite. But before we get into any of that, a lot of news as always, lots and lots of news, starting with some good news for AEW Dynamite. AEW Dynamite had its first show over a million viewers since March 23rd, 1.023 million, number one on cable. That is up 17% in total viewership, up 16% uh, in 18 to 49. So a uh, very good night for Blood and Guts, which was a pay-per-view kind of match where two cages, kind of war games-esque, and they did deliver in that second hour with the Blood and Guts match. Uh, did similar numbers, a little down from last year, uh, but still very big numbers for uh, Blood and Guts, uh, of course. Didn't really mention the Forbidden Door show on this show. This is more back to mainstream, kind of promoting for the masses. And it, it really paid off with the show. I don't know what you thought about the Blood and Guts uh, match, Eastside. Still haven't seen the Wednesday pod, which I will get to. Uh, but what were your thoughts on the Blood and Guts match from AEW Dynamite this week? Um, I, I have fun watching it. I thought it was a little bit clustery the best way possible um i i nitpick at a few things but you can see it in the in the wednesday pod i i pers- overall i thought it was a lot of fun now what does the ratings tell you about forbindor because i can't help but to think they're trying to sell it out into the press as it was a success but how do your ratings drop to seven hundred thousand viewers and then as long as, as soon as you're done promoting forbindor you go back to a million i mean Granted, the Forbidden Door, the whole thing just felt like a setup for Blood and Guts. I'm sorry. I felt like Blood mm-hmm. and Guts was more promoted than Forbidden Door itself. But I, I just feel like is Forbidden Door a success or not? Because like you said, it was barely mentioned on the show. Um, I, had a, I had a few issues with that on Wednesday because that, that match took so long that it didn't give them time to kind of like, like discuss what happened on the pay-per-view. Not a lot of mention of Pac. You had a brand new champion crown on this show and he didn't even show up on Wednesday. You had um, Claudio make his debut. So if you didn't watch for Ben Dorn, you tune in on, on Wednesday <laughs> and all this Claudio comes out, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, but I'm happy that the ratings are, I had a feeling 
that if people didn't want to, you know, people didn't want to mess with Fort Bendor, they would just come right back after. And we'll see if they're able to maintain this because I, I do feel like they have been setting up blood and guts for weeks. So I, I had a feeling it was going to pop a rating. Yeah, and that's what we've been seeing in terms of the last several shows pr promoting Forbidden Door. It just seemed like a third of their audience tuned out of it. And whether you want to call it a success or not, I, you know, in measuring in terms of a business success and selling tickets and making money off a small audience, I think from that standpoint, it was a success. They did a million dollar gate, didn't sell out the United Center. There were 2,000 tickets still there. But from a smaller audience, they were able to do a very good gate and able to do, you know, on the lower end, pretty much the lowest, one of the lowest uh, numbers on pay-per-view that they've done in terms of pay-per-view buys, but still from a small audience, able to make $5 million off that uh, relatively low number. So very similar to NXT 1.0, where it's not necessarily a big television yeah. show, where it's a big mainstream massive show, but able to take that smaller audience who's dedicated to and purchasing, but not necessarily growing your audience. And I think we saw a telltale right. example this last month. We saw a lot of experience, experiments, whether it's AEW doing two pay-per-views in a row back to back, uh, and also whether it's how are their audience going to respond to a show like The Forbidden Door, which a lot of people, and, uh, and this is even in the Observer, I guess, this week, was saying that, uh, that a lot of people just didn't see New Japan as on the same level as AEW and decided to just kind of tune out, not buy Forbidden Door. You saw that drastically in the numbers. It's not one of these things where you're spinning. I mean, lowest number in a year, their second lowest rampage ever. Like, some of these numbers were disastrously bad in terms of who was watching the show going to Forbidden Door. So from that standpoint, I don't I wish think it was people would educate themselves a little bit better. That's all. Because I, I'm not I'm not an avid viewer of New Japan. Honestly, I tune in once a year, and that's for Wrestle Kingdom. Mm -hmm. But even if you never watch it, if you Google and research how they're able to sell out the Wrestle Kingdom for, what, two, three nights in a row? Like, New Japan is no small company. Like, some people are trying to sell it out to me. It's just not in the American market, but it doesn't go to make it a small company. I, I, I seen some of those tweets around, across my timeline and I'm like, don't, don't sound so uneducated, you uncultured swine. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, you uncultured swine. And I love uh, New Japan. I'm a big G1 guy. G1 season's coming up, and I'm very excited for that. And But the thing is, that was also crazy about Forbidden Door, not very good international numbers. So a lot of people in I Japan, you know, and internationally. That, that threw me off. Yeah. Yeah. So it was more geared toward, you know, in New Japan in the States, predominantly, you know, kind of if, when you go to New Japan, like to your point, it is a big deal company. And, and especially in Japan, it's major leagues where it's consumed like a sport. It's 60, 40 men, women. But New Japan in the States is very, very, very heavily skewed male, very heavily skewed hardcore and a much more smaller size slice of that wrestling audience. And that seems to be who bought the show, who consumed the show. So very interesting experience. If they make this long term and they're able to educate their own American fans as to these jobs. Japanese people. And then also uh, next year, years uh, forward, if they're able to get Kenny Omega and Okada, CM Punk on the show and stuff like that, I think that will help the Forbidden Door brand. But, you know, for now, that's really just I would a very love small. to eventually see Forbidden Door go to Japan and host the event in Japan, because I think that will be a game changer to how some how their audience sees New Japan Pro Wrestling, you know, and yes. and I think it's a big deal for both companies, but I, I really do feel as some people came off as AWs doing New Japan this big favor, and I'm like, why are people not really putting some respect on New Japan's Pro Wrestling name? Like, it's not, you know, I think it would be fun to see AW go to Japan and host the pay-per-view there. Yes.
Absolutely. So um, those are the, the stats and the news from AEW Dynamite. And uh, not all good news as uh, Adam Cole, I think we saw that uh, with a very good show and a very excellent IWGP heavyweight fatal four-way that seemed like it was training toward a great match until uh, the finish really kind of ruined it where Adam Cole seemed to have collapsed and uh, they went straight to the finish where Jay White got the pin. Something seemed to be terribly wrong. And it was, unfortunately, as Adam Cole who was just coming off of an injury, his first match back, uh, suffered a what's called a very serious concussion. So uh, there's no timetable for concussions as everybody's different. But if it's being diagnosed as a very serious concussion, I don't think we're going to be seeing Adam Cole uh, for a little bit there. Uh, but he did suffer a concussion. He was able to walk off on his own power at the event. So this is just going to be waiting it out, doing impact tests. And so not really a timetable, I don't think, for Adam Cole's return, he said. Let him take whatever time he needs at this point. I, I do think the injuries are going to start hurting because these are some big names that we see um, down. And, and we still don't have a confirmation about what happened to Santana on Wednesday. I mean, I, I think Meltzer reported that it, they believe it's a torn ACL. That's six to nine months. Um, I, I'm, I don't know if that's what it is, but that's what's being speculated about. You know, Santana is a world heavyweight champion here, singles um, in, in one of the companies here in Puerto Rico. So they have also have not reported anything in regards to, you know, how he's doing and what's going to happen. But these injuries, man, like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like a lot of people are talking about, should they slow down? Should they not? I feel like a lot of these injuries happen in moments that you don't even expect them. A lot of times I've seen in the in the wrestling ring moves that I think somebody just died. Like when we saw Madcap, mm -hmm. was it Madcap? Do you remember that? Madcap, yes. And he just got up and kept wrestling. And then you see a simple suplex on Big E and he ends up breaking his neck. So it's just like, you never really know when these injuries are going to happen. But with Adam Cole, I think it was suspected that he was already working hurt. So why, so why still go out there if you're, you know, already working hurt? Just go take care of yourself, heal up so it doesn't get worse. Regardless, I just want Adam Cole to be okay. Concussions are scary and they, they can end careers. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in pro wrestling. I mean, we've seen it with Brian Danielson, who was thankfully able to come back and, and be just as good. But to the point of injuries, yes, there have been a lot of injuries, not just in AEW, but across wrestling. We're seeing them in WWE as well. I think a big reason for that and a reason why it's impacting AEW more is because the schedules aren't as massive. It's really you're working once a week here and there. If that, some people are coming off the bench after months in catering and working here and there. And I think doing that to where your body doesn't cauterize, where you're not doing those live events and your body's not getting used to it, not only will that make you more prone to injury, but also the fact that they're not working as much as the WWE schedule, I think, hurts. Uh, Young Bucks have said in interviews, like, some of their toughest matches when they're hurting the most is when they have to do spot shows where they have to just come and wrestle and then yeah. leave. Uh, that could have a jarring effect on your body. So I think that's what AEW is going, uh, suffering through, especially because they go so hard and they have such an insane style that is very crowd-pleasing but will always lend itself to injuries. Shout out to Cactus J28 watching us over on Twitch for the shears. Appreciate it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Shout out to all our fans, especially Cactus. I really love that we developed such a fan base in terms of the Wrestling Inc. family. Always love interacting with you. And then before we move on, of course, for those of you wondering, Booker T did weigh in on Adam Cole's injury. Of course, he caught flack as part of a fake controversy last week. And Booker T said, when that happened, that's wrestling right there. I don't want people to think it's anything other than that wrestling. 
Shout out to Booker T and Quote, who uh, uh, weighed in on the Adam Cole controversy. And shout out to Adam Cole, one of the all-time good guys in wrestling. Uh, he may or may not have called me on my birthday. So shout out to Adam Cole. Everybody says he's a nice guy, and I uh, always believe that. And uh, I hope he recovers soon. He's one of their top stars. Speaking of top stars, Issa, this kind of broke my heart this morning. A top WWE NXT superstar is reportedly a free agent. EO Shirai is still not signed. Her extension offered to remain with WWE. She has been telling friends close to her reportedly that she has plans to return to Japan when her contract is up. And as of this writing, as of right now, she has not signed any extension with WWE. So uh, apparently a free agent. She is married to evil. I believe in real life, who is a big star in new Japan. And she reportedly wants to go back when her contract is up at some time to spend more time with her family. Uh, What are your thoughts of Io Shirai possibly being out in NXT? Um, I, I read that WWE did offer an extension and she is choosing not to sign it. I see a lot of people, you know, again, comment on the situation saying, I can't believe WWE would let her go. They're not trying to let her go. She's wanting to go. And those are two complete different ways to report the situation. So she chooses to go. Listen, what am I saying right now? Puerto Rico. Homesickness is a real <laughs> thing. And sometimes you have to give in to it. It's good for the soul. Yeah, absolutely. And that everybody's got their own situations going on. And what she does with her family and her happiness is obviously top of mind. But just selfishly, she's I mean, we just did that top women's champions. And I spoke very highly of Io Shirai and how dominant she was as champion, how great a job she did carrying herself as a champion, which is very hard to teach. There's a lot of little things Smile that go into carrying because herself. because it happened, Alfred. Smile yes. because it happened. Don't be sad that it might be ending. Okay, that that's good advice. I will, I will not be selfish, but... Uh, I really hope we Dr. haven't seen Seuss. the last of you. Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Dr. Seuss. Oh, hell yeah. It really <laughs> is. <laughs> that sounded very poetic. <laughs> I would have guessed uh, <laughs> the quote the Raven. Who's that? Uh, the guy who wrote that. But that's great on uh, Io Shirai. So hopefully wherever she goes, I'll support her. If she goes to stardom, right. that'll be good for them. And um, she's one of the best in the world, legitimately, man or woman, one of the best wrestlers in the world. Yep, and our final story, uh, speaking of one of the best wrestlers in the world, this is going to piss people off. Logan Paul is signed with WWE, yes. and he's coming for The Miz. And it looks like he's signed like a full-blown, not necessarily a full-time contract, which I don't think he should be doing, but he will be working multiple premium live events through 2023. So Logan Paul, a part-timer. Uh, this is funny because now we're seeing WWE and AEW's philosophies at play, where AEW coming off the forbidden door, more of a hardcore wrestling zeitgeist. WWE, they're signing the NIL athletes and the ones with big TikTok followings. And this guy, Logan Paul, listen, I've never seen or heard a Logan Paul podcast, but I know who he is because he's that big of a deal. And oh my God, Impulsive. The, the podcast name is Impulsive, and it impulsive. is great. I actually think I actually think the podcast is kind of like what changed his his career. Logan Paul was a very controversial YouTuber. He was also like 19 years old when he was putting his blogging content out there. So I, I think that I think the podcast is kind of like what turned it around for him and the boxing career also. Uh, adopted son of Puerto Rico. He keeps he keeps building himself from Puerto Rico everywhere he's fighting. Even at WrestleMania he built himself from Puerto Rico. I can't hate on this. I think this is a smart business move. People like Logan Paul, Bad Bunny is going to bring you a whole different audience that is not currently watching wrestling a younger audience which mm-hmm. wrestling desperately needs i think i think it's a win win for everybody i personally thought he looked great at wrestlemania and he looks I, like he's training, training 
he looked great. And I'm not even saying for an athlete or for a podcast, but for a wrestler, he looked incredible. Yeah. The way he moves, he's clearly a good athlete. I think that even when he boxes, I saw the Floyd Mayweather fight. I, I thought obviously he looked awkward as a boxer, yeah. but he's got if he's got the type of athleticism that I think if he worked in oh, boxing he was, he was years, training. he could legit he be a boxer. He, he was training here in the island with some serious names. I don't know if you know this, but we're pretty good at making boxers and baseball oh. players. No, don't mean to brag, but Puerto Rico is known for those two things, you know, and criminals. But that's beyond the point. <laughs> we do make some <laughs> we do make some good boxers, and he was training with some big names out there. So listen, I think I think he's dedicated, he's committed, and I just don't see him half-assed anything. He reminds me of a YouTuber podcasting version of Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny doesn't go into anything to just half-ass it just to get a paycheck. They go all in. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does. I think it's a great business move by WWE, and I personally, I like the guy. Yeah, and shout out to Puerto Rico. Shout out to Logan Paul. I, I'm very glad that he's, he's doing this. I really think that he brings something to wrestling, especially as a heel character. I know that they have this weird obsession with making him a baby face. This guy gets more heat than anybody in that locker room, in either locker room for either company, because people just generally have decided they want to hate you. And that's something that not everybody's going to have. People are committed to not liking Logan Paul in ways that they are going to pay to see him lose. That's part of the model that made the Paul brothers millions of dollars through Triller, through their yep. boxing ventures that they've made. His fights with KSI. I, I, I was just, was I not telling you recently how yes. these YouTubers are making mad coin, like crazy money making, putting together these crazy like boxing matches that are all staged, but they're really yeah. selling and making good money out of them? And the money is coming from the fact that people are emotionally invested in seeing whether it's the Logan Paul brothers win or lose, mostly lose. And they're great heels. They really understand that psychology of pro wrestling, which is what you have to have to be a great, whether it's a great boxer. Look at the great MMA UFC fighters like Conor McGregor, Chael Sonnen, Ronda Rousey, the ones who draw money, they all stole from wrestling. They all stole. Chael Sonnen yeah. word for word would do Bret Hart promos or oh a superstar. God. Like, like Conor McGregor will, will do the Vince McMahon walk <laughs> every yes. time he walked out to the octagon. Like that's where they get it from. When MMA, I always liked MMA and UFC. You know, however, I do think it started picking up when they made the the, the storylines. These press conferences will go crazy. Conor McGregor was a big part of that. Nate Diaz, Ronda Rousey. I miss that version of Ronda Rousey because Ronda Rousey was a savage when she was doing those press conferences for, you know, to promote UFC. Brock Lesnar, but he went in there with wrestling experience, so we can't yeah. really, you yeah. know. But that Brock Lesnar promo after his match, I'm a drink, of course, like, how can yeah. you forget that moment? Come on, come on. Get on, get on top of his wife. Yeah, I mean, can you blame him? But no. anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 it, it's, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I, I did see somebody in the chat say that to get out of this island, you have to Usually I just take a plane, so I'm just saying. <laughs> I want to go to the Puerto Rico. You're going to have to show me around Puerto Rico one of these days. Uh, just come, come over. Oh, you, you don't even place. need a passport. Just your state ID, bro. Like, okay. it's the best. Oh, yeah. I'll be bad, <laughs> bad money and everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, he usually hangs out at the at the bar. I know exactly. Listen, I'm sure that I'm a stalker, but I know exactly where the man hangs out at, okay? <laughs> Him and Roman Reigns, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, do you know, go on Twitter later. And look at my nails. They are Callaita inspired nails. Ooh, I know you okay. love that song. I know you love, love that, that song. song. That song single-handedly got me into Bad Money's music. So <laughs> shout out to that song. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. 
And a shout out to SmackDown. Let's get into the event, the pretty legit go-home show for Money in the Bank, which is tomorrow. So Money in the Bank, they're having a Money in the Bank Summit, a lot of trash talking, everybody running down their accomplishments. Uh, nothing too newsworthy. The thing that stood out to me was that Riddle and Seth Rollins seemed like the two guys in this match based on how they were positioned to talk and crowd reaction, really. I think crowd was really into Riddle, uh, especially in what they called the good old-fashioned battle royal for supremacy between the Money in the Bank participants, of course. In addition to the field, Omas, um, it was uh, Riddick Moss, Ezekiel, Corbin and the Miz want that final spot to be in the Money in the Bank. So they participated in a battle royal. Some of the subplots here, Omos dominated the battle royal to the point where Rollins eliminated himself because he didn't want the smoke of the Moss. It's uh, not Riddle... that he won the smoke. It's that he's a smart guy. He has a mm. brutal ladder match to fight tomorrow. Why would you deal with brand supremacy? Nobody cares about brand supremacy. I personally thought Rollins, I would have done the same thing. Why would I hurt my body today when I have a ladder match to compete on tomorrow? Bye. You guys fight for Raw. He don't even know what, what brand he's on. A anyways. Rollins didn't want that smoke with Omas. He, he had a chance to go one-on-one, -on -one and that's what he decided. Please, he I will fight Omas. I will it, fight Omas. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Don't say that too loud. I don't want him coming over here. I don't want that Nigerian giant coming over here. Riddle, <laughs> uh, uh, of course, he gave a RKO to Seth Rollins, and then Corbin won after hiding under the ring and then returning to eliminate. See, if you don't want to compete, you don't want to waste your energy, Issa, but you still want to win, that's how you do it. You hide under the ring, and then you come out, and then at the end, you eliminate Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. So Corbin wins this battle royal. What did you think? I personally, first of all, I popped when they show up and with the shot of them on the ladders because he brought me back to the other time they didn't remember with Jericho and like everybody. I, I, I just love that and I, I needed to see it again. I hope they do it for every Money in the Bank buildup. Yeah. I really enjoyed when some of them were like, you know, praising, like talking about their experiences because like Seth talks about the great discussion on Brock and Roman Reigns. You had a shame of talking about like I successfully cashed in on Roman. You had Drew McIntyre out there like I beat Brock Lesnar in five minutes. Mm -hmm. And then you have Riddle and Omas and freaking uh, Sami Zayn, like, yeah, we're in the match. <laughs> <laughs> Sami Zayn is an honorary oose, which I think is a bigger accomplishment than any. <laughs> yeah, but still, it was so funny because some of these guys are legit, like, had legit bragging rights here. And then these other three were like, all right. Um, <clears throat> the match itself was fun. Um, I, I... I will never get tired of seeing of seeing the end of days. It's one of my favorite finishers, possibly of all times. I still wish that Drew would have not kicked out of it at WrestleMania because that feel didn't feel worth enough of kicking out of the on a, of a move that's never been kicked out of. But it was a WrestleMania, so I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a pass just because of that. Um, but I got very confused by the booking of this because maybe I got lost in so much going on that I didn't understand if that was another last chance, last chance, and then why were the guys that were in the match you just cleared up a whole thing to me, which made me like the match a little bit more because I thought they were competing for the last spot. And I was like, why yes. are the guys that are in the in the match also in this battle royal? Like, I was very confused. Very confusing. And part of the thread for that opening segment was these four guys saying, I need to be in Money in the Bank. So they get to compete in this match with Money in the Bank combatants. Corbin wins. You would assume that means he's in Money in the Bank. But then after that, there was a backstage segment between Corbin, Miz, Ezekiel, and Madcap, and kind of similar to what you were talking about, Issa, where they're saying their accomplishment, and Madcap's like, well, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. He literally said that. <laughs> I know. That's a baby face. Uh, and so they're talking, they're arguing, and apparently 
Corbin winning this battle royal didn't mean anything. He no. has to compete in the Fatal 4-Way despite winning for supremacy. What kind of supremacy are we talking about? This had to have been black supremacy. This is the first match for black supremacy. Be fired. Like he sucked at his job. What was the point of that match? Like I was watching, I was doing watching on my channel, and I'm like, I don't understand what they're fighting for. It's for the last spot. Why are the competitors in the match? Like part of the battle royale. It was very confusing. I wish they would have done a better job of explaining it. Maybe they should have gone into the promo of them and the ladders and then kind of like take a little bit of a break before we went into the battle royal just to give more time to explain it. Um, but yeah, once they went backstage, I was like, so we're gonna have a last, last, last chance match. <laughs> I don't even know how many chances they're going to get. Yeah, this is uh, That's wild. a toxic they're... relationship right there. You just keep giving them chances. Yeah, well, I mean, he won that the Battle Royal. I don't know why they had it, but they opened the show with it, and Corbin still has to work twice as hard to go fast as half as far. So uh, shout out to him uh, winning. Uh, he's one of my favorite wrestlers now because he apparently won Black Supremacy, and I'm all for that. So keep fighting the good fight, Baron Corbin, and we'll see how he does later on in the night. We had a recap. I didn't get to talk about this segment with uh, Natalia, which I thought was fantastic, where she mocked it. Ronda Rousey. And when she threw yeah. the baby card at Ronda, I freaking died. I thought it was hilarious. And Ronda no sold it. Like, Ronda yeah. totally no sold the stroller. It was great. I, a lot of people didn't like it. Listen, I don't know what's wrong with me, but recently I've been liking a lot of things that a lot of people don't like. I don't know why. I thought it was the best thing that they done building this feud. Because you're an original, Issa. You think for yourself. That's why. You're, you're, you're a real one. I liked it too. <laughs> it was great. It was great. We get into, okay, so the Viking Raiders, this is another reboot for the Viking Raiders. This They're time, now called the Shielding Raiders, okay? <laughs> Shielding Raiders. The new vicious Viking Raiders with their, their pretty new shields. And one thing I kind of thought was funny is that, uh, you know, they have to have these WWE lines. So Michael Cole said, the Viking Raiders have to plunder, pillage. And then he waited. He was so careful about that. He goes, and raid. Because, you know, there's pillage and something else. But he was so careful in saying pillage. He took like three beats. <laughs> he said, they're going to pillage and they're going to raid. <laughs> so there's no confusion as to what he said. <laughs> I love that. Love that. Michael Cole's actually pretty good so on the show. Clear about it. Yes, I, yes, yes. I, I don't have a problem with Michael Cole. I know there's a lot of Michael Cole hate. I think he's, I, I personally have been enjoying him more with the play with with uh, Pat. Mc, I think Pat brings out the best in Michael Cole. Yes, hundred percent. He's added a new lease of life. So this was supposed to be a match between uh, the New Day and the Viking Raiders. The new Day had a a promo segment. So I want you to, to complete the sense. You know, it's the end of June, Isa. Yeah, Julian. That's the joke that they did that uh, kind of worked. And, uh, of course, Xavier would did have it, had to Did play. it, Alfred? Did it work? It, in the building, it was a very tepid response, but enough to where uh, Xavier Woods had to pay uh, Kofi Kingston $5 for the fact that that joke worked. It was You're <laughs> it lying. Worked you lying. lying. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's, that's how you use that joke. <laughs> Nicely done, Issa. <laughs> Thank you. You're a comedian, so I'll take it. Oh, no, you're great. Unfortunately, uh, this match did not happen. New Day got jumped by the new Vicious Viking Raiders. That's how they were introduced, by the new Vicious Viking Raiders. Jumped to the New Day, used those shields to beat the hell out of them. So that's two weeks that the Viking Raiders have laid out the New Day, Issa. 
<laughs> do you think these are like they just put like makeup on the shields that they were gonna use for the shield because you remember the rumors were that vince wanted the shield to come out with actual shields yeah. i feel like somebody was uh, maybe they were in the warehouse cleaning out because you know they're building new offices i don't know i feel like maybe somebody found them and they were like what are we gonna do with this and vince was like we need to use them so they just like made them viking raiders like decorations and gave them to them Recycled, yeah like, yeah but i will tell you one thing they murdered the new day with this freaking shield. Yes, they were stiff with those shields. You could hear them, yeah. and you know, <laughs> put them over. So yeah, they, you know, I mean, it was very quick. Yeah, they didn't have a match at all. And I will say this: the new day had been feuding with you know Butch and the bleeding brutes and brawling brutes, and it's just been gone on and on and on. So I'm glad that they're now feuding with somebody different, and I'm glad that it seems like the Viking Raiders, I... who I am a big fan of, are getting a push. Yeah, but I feel bad for the New Day. I feel like not only the injury to Biggie, but I personally think that while the Usos are the unified, undisputed, whatever they are, tag team champions, the New Day are just floating around because you cannot do the New Day and the Usos again. So to the Usos release the tag team championships, the New Day just feels so mid right now and it just feels unfair for them because you can't, again, you can't run that again. You can't. You already did it too many times. So now they're just going to get on random feuds and, and wrestle people a hundred times until they're able to be in the tag team title picture again. Yeah, yeah, and that's unfortunate. And there are things that they can do. It doesn't always have to be this tag team. The New Day have all established themselves as viable singles threats. Xavier Woods with King of the Ring, Kofi Kingston, and Big E with former WWE Championship yeah. runs. So it's something that you could always switch it up and have one guy maybe chase a major world title or even a secondary title and have the other guy hyping him up. Or There's different things they can do with the New Day, and they have the entertainment value to where they can pull off anything you put them in. Yeah, there was a period of time that I really thought Xavier Woods was coming for Reigns. Like, they were going to have a real feud, and they ended up keeping it on SmackDown. I mean, that moment Roman putting the crown on was beautiful. I, I thought that was sacrilegious, but uh, there's... I, I will say one thing, though. Xavier Woods is about to crown a brand new up, up, down, down champion, and I'm so invested on this. <laughs> <laughs> Are they doing a good yeah, job building that up? Yeah, I, I think, I don't know if you if you have time going on Twitter, like Seth Rollins was cutting a promo how he wants to be a two-time up, up, down, down champion, and then Becky Lynch came out of nowhere, and she's entering the tournament too, so we're going to have Becky versus Seth. I'm ready for it. I love that. I can see yeah. Seth Rollins and Kofi Kingston playing Madden all day. They are two of the most entertaining trash talkers no, when AJ it comes to Styles, Madden. No, AJ Styles, because AJ Styles gets angry, angry. I yes. love seeing AJ Styles on up, up, down, down. <laughs> like, He's very famous for breaking his gaming. controllers. Yes, he takes his gaming very seriously. I hope he goes back to Twitch. I used to love watching his Twitch streams, and then they took that away, but now there's a rumor that they're allowed to do it again, so I would love to see him go back to Twitch because he's quite entertaining to watch gaming. That's awesome, yeah. So we get to the Battle of the Brands. A lot of branding on these segments. Uh, Battle of the Brands. I, thought, I, I, I was thinking we were building to Survivor Series tonight. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of gang warfare because they had the Raw versus SmackDown. The only time of the year yeah. you see them go head to head. Boy, is that not going to be true this year? Not that it's true any yeah, year, no. but especially this year uh, because you had Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. Team Raw, uh, Liv Morgan, uh, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka ended up winning. There was a scary spot with Liv Morgan going uh, to the outside yes. and suicide dive. My goodness, almost landed right on her face. But yeah, um, Becky Lynch was on commentary. Now, very kind of rough. Oh, she Becky was Lynch, so great. 
<laughs> you thought she was great? I didn't think she was all that good. Like her and Michael Cole were kind of going back and forth. And it, it kind of, I think Becky Lynch is phenomenal promo. And I have seen her do very well on commentary before. But I just felt like she was kind of getting flustered here. And Michael Cole was ribbing her about it. And uh, it kind of seemed a little off her game tonight on commentary to me. Yeah, but there was, a, I don't know what the exact words were, but I, I don't know if she said they want Becky Lynch to come back. Like they want a Twitter edit button. And I was like, yo, yo, come on. Come on, that's a goat line right there. <laughs> yeah, big, big brainy bets. Also, she got over the problem with Becky is like because she was flustered, she was talking so much, and there was so much back and forth. You have to pay very close attention because she'll drop some some golden lines like that. But you have to be paying attention. The match itself was good. I I love seeing Asuka shine, but I I I kept an eye on the after the match attack because Becky only attacked. Asuka and it made me yeah. feel like what does she feel Asuka is the only competitor that she needs to worry about tomorrow um and putting Becky on commentary maybe because it's seven women you know you couldn't really you could have done like an elimination match I don't know it just make it feel a little obvious that she's the one walking away with the briefcase tomorrow like she's a bigger star than everybody else you know I don't know yeah yeah, and they are telling kind of a subplot with Becky Lynch in terms of her mental problems is that maybe this is getting into her head. And I think she specifically attacked Asuka's because it seems like Asuka has her number and she's not able to specifically right. beat Asuka. So she ran out and attacked Asuka out of the match. Uh, Michael Cole kept making a big deal of the fact that, you know, Becky, you haven't really been winning as much lately. Uh, is that because there's problems within your head? So maybe they're going to play on that and that might be why she loses. But Liv Morgan got the big win here. She got the pin uh, with the Oblivion on shot. Oh, Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Yeah, and they're really talking up Liv Morgan as, oh, this could be her moment. So that makes me think she's probably not going to win this thing. She never wins a big one. That's her yeah. gimmick. Never had a championship. Hopefully WWE, like, I don't think this has been their plan all along. I just think that they just haven't seen Liv Morgan as championship material for whatever reason. Uh, but I hope whenever she does win it, they do make a big deal about the fact that she's never won that title. Because you can create a big moment with her finally winning that title that people can really be invested in. Yeah, and then they'll turn it into a joke. Think about it. Last year for Money in the Bank, we were hyping up Nikki ASA. She won the, the briefcase. She wins the title. And look at where she's at now, not even a year later. Yeah, so, especially in that superhero outfit. But, um, you know, keep uh, plugging it I, like I like the black superhero outfit. It's better than the blue one, personally. The blue one, yeah. The black one is better, but I just the superhero gimmick for Nikki ASH is just nothing. It's a death it's gimmick. It's done. Yeah. If they were invested in it, it could work. It could get over like the hurricane. And I do think Nikki yeah. A.S.H., the person behind this, is charismatic enough and good enough. Oh, she's, she's incredible. Nikki A.S.H. Yeah. Is, is great. And talking to her, I got to interview her. And she is like, she has so much charisma. But, yeah, they don't get behind it. And, and, and honestly, still, to this day, I think one of my favorite Royal Rumble moments was when she attacked Molly Holly. Because she can only yeah. be one superhero here. That <laughs> moment stood out for me. It was great. That's great. I too, I interviewed uh, Nikki Ash during SummerSlam weekend, so that makes us interview Eskimo brother and sister. How do you feel about that? I love it. That's great. I love it. Interviews. No, you can be. Uh, you can be an honorary Puerto Rican for the night. No? <laughs> okay. okay, I love it. <laughs> honorary Puerto Rican. I'll learn. I'll get Rosetta Stone so I can learn the language. Um, we have. <laughs> Backstage, we go with Sonya Deville slaps the absolute shit out of Adam Pierce, who deserved it. He's been terrible at his job, and that's the storyline. We're going to have a review, so this might be Issa, another reason to get Vince McMahon on television to review Adam Pierce. What do we think? Or announce the review because that's all he's been doing. It's just announcing <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah. Adam, I uh, think we're going to. 
I think it will be long-term booking if, if Sonia Deville, who lost her position of power, is the one that gets Adam Pierce out of his position of power. I have never seen Adam Pierce as a position of power. I know he's been doing this for quite a while now, but he's the least believable authority figure in WWE. Like he talks and I'm like, yeah, okay, let's move on. Like I never seen my, when he comes out, I'm not like, oh my God, you know, like, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, this is what they kind of do with their authority figures who aren't McMahons is they're in over their heads and they can't manage all these talents. And it's particularly egregious with Adam Pierce, I think, in his logic from week to week. And it's not him. We can't get mad at Adam Pierce. It's WWE's booking that they don't oh, no, care I'm about mad anything at Adam that happens. Pierce. I'm <laughs> mad at Adam Pierce, Alfred. Come on. Yeah, it's all his fault, but he's he's not good at his job. He's that character is terrible at his job. Uh, Michael Luciano with the theory based on the recent injuries that we've been having, maybe athletes are doing too much weight training. I don't know, but most of these injuries are tears or pulls athletes in all sports are more hurt than ever. So yes, they're, you know, high. Uh, injury first of total. all, first of all, miss opportunity because I was a Canadian $5 in today's Canada day. And you forgot hey. to wish this man happy Canada day. And he's giving I'm us sorry, his hard earned Canadian money. But I agree. Michael, I agree with I'm you. Sorry. It could be, it could be part of their training. But you also have athletes that I know, you know, are crazy, are doing some crazy workouts that are healthy and barely ever get hurt. Like look at a Becky Lynch, like Seth Rollins. You see their CrossFit videos and they're going crazy every day and, and they're still there. So, I don't know. I feel like these injuries, some of them are just freak accidents. Even this Santana, he just came in and he looked like his knee buckle. Like right when he came into the match, he didn't even take any like crazy bumps or anything. And we cannot forget about one of the greatest workout warriors, Jameis Winston, who constantly posts his uh, wild and inventive workouts on Twitter. Jameis Winston has all kinds of crazy workouts, and he got hurt last year. So it doesn't seem like you can avoid any of these injuries. But check out Jameis Winston. I started going to the gym again, and my shoulder has been hurting. So I think the injury bug even got me. It's getting everybody. I'm, I'm going to stay away from the gym because even though I'm trying to get that beach body, I'm going to stay away from the gym this summer because uh, I don't want to get hurt. Uh, shout out to Jameis Winston, who's a New Orleans Saints. You better, you better get you to the gym if you want to be in MMM. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that. It might be worth it. Uh, we're close there. Before then, we got Ask Them Anything. This is an interesting segment to where Street Profits and the Usos are in a interview segment called Ask Them Anything, moderated by Caleb Braxton. These questions were horribly written. because It was so stupid. It was overdrawn. stupid. <laughs> it's stupid. There's a, if I'm the asking the Usos anything, I'm not asking them about, are you afraid to lose your titles? No. Yeah. And there was a random question where, and this is what I took away from this, is that Caleb Braxton, a very rambling question, but the end of the question was, oh, and also I heard that the Street Profits are, have problems. And it kind of caused a murmur, and it was kind of sitting there, and, uh, you know, uh, Montez Ford said, oh, no, that's just a dirt cheese. But let me tell you something. Montez Ford, if you've seen him lately, has packed on the muscle. He looks like a completely yeah. different person. Uh, Bianca yeah. Belair has been talking about The Rock wants to see him get pushed. Like, they are going to do something with this guy sooner rather than later. And I don't think it's a coincidence that they just kind of snuck in this a line. Seed, a seed was planted. Mm-hmm. Before a match that I think they're going to lose. And I'm telling you, coming out of that loss, I think they're going to start to turn those wheels yeah. of Montez and uh, Angelo Dawkins. Montez Ford is going to be a star when he becomes a singles wrestler. Not that he's, I love him in a tag team, but I think he's going to be great. And yes. I do think the added on muscle has really enhanced him. I noticed it a lot tonight. I was like, oh my God, when did this happen? <laughs> There's been this picture floating around of a guy flexing, like just yoked with a cowboy hat. I didn't know who the, I, I was just like, why does everybody keep, that's Montez Ford. I had no idea until like two days ago that that was Montez Ford. He, this man, it looks, he looks ready to carry that, that strap. Roman Reigns should be very yeah. nervous. 
Uh, excuse me. <laughs> but uh, the, the segment ended with the Usos saying uh, that you walk like us, you talk like us, you move like us, you groove like us, you're not us. And then they went and stole and hijacked the Street Profits catchphrase. The oh. Usos are up and we want the smoke. Yeah, I and then and the three prophets, the the we the ones they they stole each other's catchphrases. Oh, yeah. I I I thought they asked anything if it was a stupid segment when they were face to face cutting promos in each with each other is when I really started to enjoy this segment. Like if you're really gonna do ask me anything, like why don't you ask the Usos? Where the hell has Roman Reigns been? Like ask questions <laughs> that people really wanna know. Like steer the like they did that with the three prophets, but the whole are you afraid to lose your title question was so stupid that I was like, oh this segment already lost me. But when they were face to face cutting promos on each other, I, I love both of these teams on the mic. They they just they they're very real, right? <laughs> you know the way that they cut their promos is very real. So it's kind of from the streets. Like I love their vibe, I love their swag. So they could have just had them come out there and maybe do a contract signing or maybe just do a post off in which they go off and cut the promos. I didn't feel they asked anything was necessary, but I ended up enjoying at the end. Let me tell you, if this was a legit ask me anything with fans able to ask them anything, the questions would be way messier than what we got. <laughs> what would you? What would you have to ask? <laughs> Where's Naomi? You know what I'm saying? There, there'll be some people asking messy things about whatever. You know? <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of messy questions you're going to ask the Uso. I would have probably oh, asked super inappropriate questions about Roman Reigns, honestly. Oh, okay. I would have been like, since you guys are so close to Roman Reigns. <laughs> Before you even ask, I'm like, no, we don't have his phone number. We're not giving it to you, Issa. Damn it. All right. <laughs> Ask them anything. So we'll see. Maybe they'll do it and they'll do it as a shoot version. I would love to see that a segment. But yeah. speaking of segments that I love, Issa, it is time. Oh my God. Oh my it God. is time for the best segment you will see, not just tonight, but this week. Might have been the best segment I saw all week. Max Dupree, a.k.a. L.A. Knight, a.k.a. Eli Max Drake. Max Dupree. Yes, That's he comes out. And the ring introduction is a goat ink ring introduction. Max Dupree! He's out there. He's got the mic flag, the maximum male models in all caps, and he's ready to introduce his two newest clients. He's doing a great job being understated. He spent his whole career, and I've given him crap for this, and I take it back now, but he spent his whole career ripping off Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. This is his best work because he used that charisma that he's always had, but he channeled it. And he was understated. And he was talking about them like somebody who's salivating over two monsters of men, two sculptures. First off is Mace, as I've been saying for a week, who is his first client, but he's not Mace. No, 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 he's not Mace. He is no. Massé. And Max Dupree is talking about a spelt 36 inch waist, his 42 inch inseam, his latissimus dorsi, his beautiful hamstring muscles. And of course he's showing his ankles. He's got the capri pants going. He's got the floral print t-shirt. He's got the glasses on. Bro. And Max Dupree is describing this man, this Adonis of a man, like he is God's gift to modeling. But we're not done oh, yet. Oh, he is. No, no I know, but I just want to say at this point, yes. my juices were already tilted. Oh, we have the juices. As he said, and we've confirmed on this podcast, juices were titillating, not only on this yes. podcast, but nationwide. Wow. Titillating juices. It's great to hear. Great to get confirmation. Breaking news, everybody. You run with this story. So as the juices are titillating, we get our second edition. Another one of my favorites, somebody I love who I think they need to do more with. It's Mansoor. But no, 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 Issa. It's not Mansoor. It is Mansoor. 
His men swah, and he's got the cross body fanny pack, a man after my own heart. He's got the capri pants going. He's showing his ankle. He's got the beautiful beard that's symmetrical, and the juices are titillating everywhere. This is a new maximum male models. Now, listen, Issa, I don't ask for much, okay? I don't like asking people for much. I'm a male cancer. We like staying in our little hermit crabs with our little circles and not really getting out of that. I would like to enter a new circle. Please. Let me join Maximum Male Models. That's what I want, okay? I haven't really shaved. It's usually more trim than this. I'm easily the most handsome man in all of wrestling media. Let me be an honorary member of Maximum Male Models. I am begging you. I liked it that much. Issa, uh, let's get your thoughts. I'll be right back. I'll be right here with you, but I'll be back in 10 seconds as we get your thoughts of the greatest segment of the night. 10 seconds, he says. He says, <laughs> My juices were definitely totally. I think everybody's juices should have been totally during this segment. Honestly, I see people in the chat. I would love for you guys to let me know if your juices were totally. I have no idea what Alfred is trying to pull off here, but I'm I'm kind of excited about this. <laughs> oh, Thomas, that's not fun. That's not a fun question to ask the Usos during the Ask Me Anything. I want I want an Ask Me Anything segment with maximum male models. Honestly. So oh, do oh. I. I do too. Uh, maximum male models. Just a quick outfit change. It has nothing to do with anything, but of course, this is a floral printed shirt and let a crossbody. Let, let me see the crossbody. Oh my God, Alfred. Brought to you by Champion. Of course, I got this whole outfit at the Amazon Fashion House on Amazon.com. <laughs> it, you, you look, you belong. Let me tell you something in case you didn't know. Maximum male models is a real website. You definitely need to get on that website and put your application. I checked it during my stream. It really is a website. I love this segment so much. First of all, um, to make it as a supermodel, you need height. And Masse had that height. I got to tell you something. He went from pass to smash as soon as he came out. Like, his status changed. Automatically. I don't care what anybody has to say. Must say it is the best he's ever looked. This man has had a very odd career, completely off topic from the segment, but what an odd career he has from an announcer to retribution. Now keep him here. He has peaked, and this is what we need to keep him. Now, man, swore I was not expecting. I was not expecting. And I gotta tell you something. He understood that his weaknesses, I'm gonna look mad short next to my say. So this man was making love to the camera. And that will help you make it as a supermodel. So if you don't got the height, you just got to got that sex appeal. And he had it. I loved everything about this segment. I I wanted to hate it. It came to the point that I was like, I kind of want to hate this because I don't understand why I'm enjoying it so much. Go on Twitter. My reaction is all over Twitter. I started playing RuPaul supermodel. I was dancing. Ah. I was loving everything going on. Check it out on Twitter because I know I'll get copyright claim and I'll have to trim it out on my actual watch alone. But I thought this was great. And I think a lot of people are reacting a lot more positive than I thought because I was like you, Alfred. I was like, I'm afraid to open the PO because I'm going to take all the fun away that I just had. But that wasn't the case. A lot of people were really, really loved this segment. And shout out to Max Dupree because I really do think him narrating and Pat's yes. reaction, like Pat's commentary. Yes, <laughs> yes. Pat Matthews also going to make this a great gimmick because he was great in the segment. <clears throat> yeah, it, it felt very 
Ezekiel. Like, he brought me back to when Ezekiel came out, and you're like, that's Elias. What the hell is going on? And, and Kevin Owens made it work. Now I'm a little over it, so I hope that doesn't happen to this. But it felt like one of those segments that you're like, this probably should have not worked out. But this is working. So please do not <laughs> mess this up next week. Like, keep it going. I don't know if it's going to add. I don't mean to break your heart, Alfred, but it's MMM. And we have three M's in the fraction now. So I'm not sure there's going to be room for any more. No, it's okay. We can uh, put an M. My, I'll join the faction. It could be A. It could be M-M-M-A. So uh, we okay. can uh, add Alfred okay. Kittle. And it's if, not Alfred. It's not Alfred. It's Alfred. If, oh, oh, oh my God. So somebody, this is funny. Somebody in my chat, because I was doing the wash along, and they said next week they'll start calling Ciampa champagne. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I don't want him taking my spot, but that would be very funny if he did. <laughs> I just want to say if, if Max Dupree ever decides to add females. I, I don't have a problem with it being male, okay? Women have been objectified for long enough in WWE television that it's time for somebody else to take that role. And I'm here for, especially for Matt, say, call me. Yeah. But anyways, I if he decides to add females, I, I'm tall for a Puerto Rican. I'm tall, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what would speaking, be the name, Issa? Is it, what would be the maximum male model name, maximum female model name for you? I don't know because my name is already three letters long. So how can yeah. you spin on that? Isay. I don't know. Isay. I like that. I like that. But no, like legitimately, I love everything about this segment. I want to go back and rewatch it. Yeah, me too. I'm definitely going to. And Maximum Male Model, she's right. It's actually a legit website. I have, I am currently, <laughs> full disclosure, I am represented by Pacific Talent and Models, but only as a comedian and commercial actor. I confirmed with my agent, Jeff, that that's only, I'm only the talent. I'm not a model there. So I can be represented by other agencies if Maximum Male Models will have me. Please represent Alfred as your newest member of Maximum Male Models. You will not be let down. And they look good. Like they, you could tell they consult no, they look like good. an actual fashion person. It's not like Vince McMahon's idea of no, fashion. No, they, was... they, they look, they look perfect. Especially must say, listen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all six foot eight inches of me. So like that. <laughs> Yo, that way that the ankles were beautiful. I mean, everything about this was incredible. I love it. It's a, it, the show peaked. The night peaked after this segment. The so, night peaked. Uh, I couldn't, couldn't move on from after. It's like it was. That's all I wanted to talk about. Absolutely. So maximum male models looks like they're off to a promising start. Then we get to the main event. Of course, Baron Corbin, Happy Corbin, who now has to compete again after winning uh, the battle royal, and he's competing against Zeke. Miz and Madcap Moss, and of course, Happy Corbin hit your finisher, the end of days. Uh, but yes. Madcap Moss stole the victory over Zeke and won the match. So Corbin seemed like he was in line to get that last spot. Madcap stole the win, so he gets his spot. And of course, you're still building up uh, Happy Corbin versus Pat McAfee. So your thoughts on the main event and a potential feud between Happy Corbin and Pat McAfee while I change back. Okay, no problem. So I personally thought this was a nice surprise, you guys, because I was going based on the booking of last week's show in which we saw the speculation that Drew and Sheamus were out of the match and then they had to win another match and they ended up staying in the match. I personally thought that it was going to be Baron Corbin winning the Fatal 4-Way. Um, so I wasn't expecting Madcap to walk away with the win here. I really thought they were just going to let um, Baron Corbin win again and then it was just going to be a whole... 
okay, we just did the same thing twice, like we did last week. But no, I think Madcaps is, an, is a nice addition to the match. I mean, if you want me to do odds at winning Money in the Bank, I haven't looked at the Las Vegas odds as of right now, but I'm pretty sure that Madcaps is, is probably the lowest. But I think he'll do some crazy spots, and I think that he'll help. You know, he'll he'll look great in the match. He's going to be wrestling with incredible talent in this one in the bank ladder match. So overall, I personally think that did you. <laughs> I agree. A lot of talent in that one in the bank. Just a simple outfit change. Nothing. Uh, just uh, out of nowhere. Just felt like. Yeah, I'm going to tweet uh, Max Dupree, Dupree, and let him know that he needs to. You guys need to have a conversation. This whole outfit brought to you by the famous French fashion house of Target, ladies and gentlemen. So, Target. I, I know my. I oh know my, my taste. God. Did you know that MMM is debuting their tennis collection next week? Really? Is that a real yeah, thing? So you, yeah, no, no, for for real. They, they're building uh, a tennis collection next week. So just keep an eye on that, and I expect a tennis outfit next Friday. Offering. I got, listen, I don't know if this is known about me. I grew up uh, playing, I was a prodigy as a child playing tennis. So I, I have some tennis clothes that I still have laying around that would fit me. Uh, so I'm definitely going to be uh, dressing the occasion. Oh, God, I, this Perfect. gimmick is a gift that keeps on giving. Perfect. But, uh, but I'm assuming I'm that you're. Uh, I'm gonna dress for the occasion too, but only for my OnlyFans. So. Oh, oh, oh that's a great plug there. <laughs> hey, they can have a partnership. Listen, you can make them a lot of money if you guys work together. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, Pat McAfee, I think is, is going to be a lot of fun in terms of. I always like when he gets to wrestle. I put him in the same category as like a Logan Paul. I talk to people about wrestling and a lot of people who are casuals who say that they kind of started getting back to a lot of them tell me it's because of Pat McAfee because he has a big sports audience and he talks about wrestling all the time on his show. I'm a big fan of his show as well. And um, and he's really uh, one of those people who can move the needle for casual fans, I think. I, I do not have an issue with Pat wrestling, especially at big events. I don't want to see him at every pay-per-view, but WrestleMania, mm -hmm. SummerSlam, the pay-per-views that need to feel special. We have an injury bug. Maybe that you have something big planned for Cody Rhodes. That's not going to happen right now. A lot of people are complaining about this Brock Lesnar panic button, but it's like, who else were you going to use? Granted, that is their fault, but they haven't built anybody else. That's the, that's the only button to push at this point was Brock Lesnar, unless you could have... No, they did Cena last year at SummerSlam. I don't want to see Roman and Cena two SummerSlams in a row. It's the same thing as calling Brock Lesnar. So um, I think I think having Pat added to the SummerSlam card is going to help him sell these tickets. This is a whole stadium that we're trying to sell here. So I do not have a problem with Pat wrestling. And I think... Corbin is so underrated. I know that a lot of people hate because of the characters that are like the character, but as a wrestler in the ring, I think Corbin is very good, and I'm looking forward to seeing them kind of wrestle each other because I feel like, if I'm not mistaken, we've seen Pat with smaller guys. Theory, yeah, he's Jack, but he's a smaller guy. Adam Cole, because Pat, dude, and, and Corbin is going to be bigger. We're going to see a whole different side of Pat wrestling that we have not seen yet. So I'm looking. I'm looking forward to them building their field. Um, you know, moving forward towards yeah. SummerSlam. There was two super chats while you were being a supermodel. Just oh, unbelievable! See, we're already making money as, as supermodels with these super chats. <laughs> uh, we're gonna go and get those super chats. I promise. And I agree that uh, Corbin is underrated, fiercely so much so that I think he's a perfect opponent for somebody like Pat McAfee, who does train and actually is a, a pretty good wrestler, but somebody who obviously isn't in there every single night and who I think uh, can get a very good match out of uh, Pat McAfee in terms of being Pat has a ring, a wrestling ring yeah. in his studio where he films the show. Like, it's insane how committed he is to this. And he trains with Rip Rogers, who is no slouch when it comes to one of the GOAT trainers in terms of getting people uh, yeah. to wrestle. 
And uh, Steve Marcatrulli for nine one ninety nine friend of the show says, I think Riddle and Lacey win tomorrow. That's interesting. So now we're at the end of this SmackDown pod for the Go Home Show. Isa, who are your predictions for the men's and women's money in the bank? Becky and Seth. Ooh, oh, they are on the poster. It'd be a nice yeah. husband or wife. And it'd be a nice reprieve for Seth Rollins, who's done a phenomenal job putting over Cody Rhodes, who unfortunately is out now, but lost three big matches, which you almost never see in WWE. Seems to need something more. I think they should run with Riddle. I think this Riddle guy... I, Riddle is, is my second choice. Riddle yeah. is my second choice. I Seth is like, if we're going to talk, my favorites in WWE right now, he's on my top three. Brock, Roman, and Seth. They're, those are always my go-to guys since I started, you know, since I got back into wrestling, so I'm always going to be rooting for him. And that cashing was just so beautiful that I just want to see it done again. And you have Roman versus Brock at SummerSlam. <laughs> Come on, come on. And this is a different version because it's a last man standing match. What if he intersects himself into, into a last man standing match? How is it going to work? Like, I'm very curious. I want to see it. I want to see it over. But Riddle will be my second choice. And for the women, is Asuka. Oh, I like that. And I haven't even thought about that potential in terms of you are pretty much setting up the same scenario of Seth Rollins completing the heist of the century, which now that I think about it, might end up where Seth Rollins tries a heist in the century and gets Superman punch and Roman Reigns gets his revenge. I could see that happening, but that would be a really cool callback. Uh, that's heist of the century part two. That'd be really yeah, cool. Yeah, you have to remember this like tribal chief has really fixed a lot of his wrongs, right? Like granted that he did beat Cena in the first match that they had, but remember their promo battles where people, everybody thought that Cena just like crapped all over him. And then now when Cena came back, he kind of like held his own against John Cena. So I feel like like Roman has also done a really good job at like writing his wrongs from his original, the big dog run. And I think one big wrong was like losing the very first main event of WrestleMania. So I think that Roman will be ready for Seth to pull something like that. But Seth has Roman's number. Roman has not beaten Seth. Remember at the Royal Rumble, Seth won by DQ. And you know, just the mental games that Seth, Seth was able to get into Roman's reign, like head during that field towards the Royal Rumble. So I can also see him stumbling here, you know, like not understanding what to do. I think, I think it's a very curious situation what happens. You don't want to beat Brock again. I feel like you're in a weird, weird situation because Roman beating Brock again, Brock kind of like losing all over again those Brock wins and then loses to say like this could go so many different directions that I like the idea of that scenario but there's also an untold story with Matt Riddle and that match and him and Roman taking out Randy that I can see Riddle being the next person and last but not least it could be anyone because if they're invested into Roman this could go on to be a failed cash-in and they're just give it to someone just to give it to someone which I hope that's not the case. Yeah, me too. I'm not a big fan of failed cash-ins. They have protected the briefcase in the grand scheme of thing where 85% of people have won, so that's good. I just think with Riddle, I mean, they did that giant number for SmackDown two weeks ago, and a lot of people yeah. thought it was just the Vince McMahon scandal. Vince McMahon was on, like, for the first five seconds of that show. And then the second hour is what did the number. And that was that match between Roman Reigns and Riddle, which Roman is obviously a star. But a lot of times with these Roman Reigns title matches, they do good numbers, but everybody knows Roman Reigns is going to retain. Should have been, been on Money in the Bank. That match should have been. Yeah. 
man. It should have. It did almost three million. You, this is unheard of. It did almost three million viewers in that second hour, and that's not all Roman. Like Roman is a big star, obviously. Oh, it's, it's all Riddle Roman. Too. It's all Roman. <laughs> you can think that. And, and Riddle, it was. I mean, Roman was a big part of it, but that opened a lot of people's eyes. I think to the fact that Riddle is starting because they're investing in him to really people are investing in him. You saw it tonight. He was the most over guy in the match, and they eliminated him early, which I didn't think was a good idea. But I think they need to really kind of start pulling the trigger on yeah. Riddle to be in this main event scene and see what he does as champion. I agree. And then Liv Morgan, actually. I'm crazy enough to nominate Liv Morgan. I think she's going to win the money, women's money in the bank. But we'll see about okay. that. Okay. Okay, Alfred. You just got, you just got fired from MMM. <laughs> oh, no, don't say that. That breaks my heart. <laughs> Stellar Justin Lopez, friend of the show, and my drinking buddy here in Eaglewood. We're going to be at the corner bar for WrestleMania. Uh, Rick Martel, Tyler Breeze in... Hell, even Sylvan Grenier did this gimmick better. Oh, oh no. come on, Stellar. No. Marseille, I should have read this before I posted this. Marseille looks yeah. like if you ordered Velveteen Dream on Wish. Velveteen oh Dream Witches. I'm sorry. No, no, yeah. no. I never looked up Velveteen Dream and went, oh, okay. And tonight, tonight Marseille got the, oh, okay, you know. He did Listen, look. Uh, if, if, yeah. if you're going for, I don't know if they're going for a female viewership, what they're doing here. But Marseille looked the part. Okay. A lot of couches. A lot of couches are going to need dry cleaning after this. Oh, yeah. Juices were tiltilated. <laughs> and, you know, he does look better with his shave, like clean shave. And he really does have that model look. Because I remember him as Mace, this, like, big imposing giant from Retribution that really didn't do anything for me. But he does have the model look. I think both of them Listen, there was well. something. There was something. Because when they had him as a commentator, he was clean. You know, he was wearing the suit thing. He didn't look like he looked tonight. So uh, shout out to those kings. So that's um, MMM and the SmackDown. If you watch anything, just go back and watch that segment and watch it again and again, as I will after this podcast. Uh, but we still have another show. Of course, AEW Rampage uh, emanated from the Little Caesars Arena in Detroit. Big I crowd. The I hate the name of that arena. <laughs> Do you not like Little Caesars Pizza? It depends on how drunk I am. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Five dollars hot and ready. Uh, it's not even five dollars anymore though oh really they have the price oh inflation of course yeah unbelievable but uh yeah so that the, the arena which shall not be named they okay i like this segment uh isa i grew up with uh wcw it used to have this pay-per-view called world war three i'm sure you're familiar and it's similar to how they did it where there's three different rings and they would kind of do the split screen i it was like one of my favorite pay-per-views i know a lot of people it doesn't really age well and people don't like it but i loved world war three and this reminded me of world war three where there's two different rings there's a blue ring and there's a red ring you got to fill up both and each guy has to win their ring in order to then compete. I love that format. So very much like the Royal Rumble. Uh, so a lot of pretty heavy hitters. And you had Hangman Adam Page was there. Darby Allen was there throughout. You had John Silver. Roosh, who's one of my favorites in the world, but this crowd didn't seem to be familiar with him. And of course, Max Castor really started things off uh, early yes. in this battle royal, where he says oh he's going to beat these bitches down like you Rudy Giuliani. And then he said, now uh, none of you will bump me and I'm going to win this title. Then Tony Khan will hug me. <laughs> no, and he said something about being the new man, like Miles at the Palace, which is a good Detroit, you know, like, oh, I love that callback. As a, as yes. a sports geek, I was like, yo, let's go. I love no, Max Caster should come out of every show and just rap. Even if you don't have him in a match, just have a Max Caster segment every episode, please. 
or during the picture in picture, you can come out and spit some bars. I, you know, and you can just tune in on the fight app to watch that. But yes, Malice in the Palace, which is there's a documentary about that. That's very. Did you good. watch that, Malice? I was just gonna ask you that yes. documentary on, on Netflix. It hit. It was. I've good. seen it, it multiple times. It's very excellent. Me too. How that was all broken down. <laughs> I remember watching that, thinking that like, why are they covering it like that? I remember being very uncomfortable with how they covered this, and then being all a bunch of thugs who are spoiled. Like, it was. Yeah, it was. I love hearing their perspective. And I love hearing what really went down because you, I remember watching it like you. You know, I was younger as a fan. It was like, yo, I was always messed up what went on there. But you don't really know the story. So consuming it now, I've recommended it to so many people. Too. I was like, yo, you gotta watch. You remember when this happened? Yes, go yeah. watch this documentary because everybody remembers that it was such. It was such a moment that even if you didn't watch basketball, everybody knew what went down there that night. Yeah. Jermaine O'Neal punching that fat fan in the face and falling down was just. <laughs> that'll live on the internet forever but, yo it uh, was the best thing ever a very wild moment that the, the fact that security had gone those fans were not even being supposed to be sitting at those seats like it, it was crazy the real story yes yes very wild check that documentary out so yeah max castle with some fire bars and then uh you know i thought this was a good match uh i wish i would not have read the spoilers because i was I very didn't. surprised to hear that Brody King was the winner of this. And had I watched this, I would have just assumed that Darby Allen, oh, okay, so they're giving it to Darby. And the way he eliminated Darby Allen was one of the most bad It was like, like super villain movie ever. shit. One of the best <laughs> eliminations I've seen ever. Like, yeah. I was like, yo, he just, he just killed Darby and I liked it. Like, Merch. I was like, that looks so badass. It was, yo. Oh, like yeah. it was so good, so good. Sleeper. I the match a little clustery. I liked it, like you said, the two rings. I love how they took advantage. Hey, we're still in the arena. We just did blood, blood and guts. We have these two rings. Let's let's go all in. A couple of spots felt wasted, you know. But I appreciated the fact that there were heavy hitters because remember when they did um, the number one contender a couple of weeks ago, like the person that was gonna go on to fight Moxley at the end of the episode, yes. and we all complained that it was a bunch of nobodies that didn't really should have been on that match when they, they open with hangman coming out and i'm like oh okay they're not messing around here we have some actual real names and i don't think that the person that's that's going to for moxley's first feud is gonna win so i like the choice of brody king i like the way they made him look tonight in this what is it called rampage royal i don't know what they yeah. called it R rampage uh, rumble yeah, Rampage Rumble. So I like the way that he looked at elimination. Like even if he loses to Moxley, you're gonna be talking about the elimination for a long time to come. So overall, I'm happy with it. That's exactly what you needed for a guy like Brody King because nobody's gonna buy him beating Moxley even now. Like everybody's gonna expect Moxley to win. So if you're going to give a guy like Brody King, who's been in this triad, who hasn't been like a singles competitor, if you're gonna give him a push to go to a world championship in a couple of days, you have to make him look strong. And to eliminate Darby Allen as dominantly as he did um, he is, is good because he's a top guy in Darby Allen, and he just put him in the sleeper hold and just Darby goes limp and he just drops Darby. And he had another great spot where he threw Darby from one ring to the other and he went through the rope. So this guy looked like an absolute yeah. killer. And, you know, yeah. listen, I know he's not going to win, but I'm, I'm into it. I like what they did with him. A couple of other side uh, plots, subplots that we saw here. Of course, Penta versus Rouge and versus Andrade looks like it's going to be something. Matt Hardy returned for the first time since the whole Jeff yeah. Hardy drama. And then they really showcase somebody who's becoming one of my favorites, Takeshita, who goes in there and just does this double suplex and just goes wild. The crowd really goes crazy. So they clearly got plans for him, and I think they should. This guy's incredible. Uh, and yeah. I just thought this was a good uh, opener to Rampage, one of the better 
openers to a rampage I've ever seen. It was a great opener. I'm glad I avoided the spoilers because of such a speculation. I really felt the need to search who won it, just wanting to know who was going to go on to face Max. But I managed to stay away from it. I have to mute a lot of a lot of words on my timeline to avoid a lot of spoilers. But overall, I, I like the way that they did it. I'm happy for Brody King. He he had a moment. And that's the whole thing. You have to have moments that people are going to talk about and he looked great. Absolutely. So Brody King, we're getting him against uh, John Moxley on AEW Dynamite for the interim title. And whoa, Peter Bai in front of the show says pro wrestling bits better than AEW Rampage. He's absolutely correct. YouTube pro wrestling bits. My latest bit is about Tony Khan's hugs and the controversy that surrounded that. So uh, YouTube that and then try to give Tony Khan a, a hug because he's a huggable no, man. No, Issa. Would you hug no, Tony no, Khan? No, I would not. <laughs> Oh, of course, all the love for the number one wrestling channel in all the land. Of course, I'm number two. But what's better than Pro Wrestling Bits and Rampage is at NYC Demon Diva. Follower at NYC Demon Diva with the one on Twitter. And then, of course, the NYC Demon Diva yeah. page on YouTube. Best reactions I'll, in the game. Un unbelievable. I would not hug Tony Khan, but I would definitely use his hugs as a meme, which triggers a lot of people when I'm just light -hearted. like I tweeted a picture of, of him hugging Cesaro and I put me Bad Bunny's new album. Like, that's a lighthearted joke. That's, you know, like, I'm not making fun of him. I'm literally, that's how I feel about the album. If I could hug the music, I would. <laughs> you had a couple of them that were really funny. I like the one about Roman Reigns, too. Those were really cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> me, Roman Reigns, Reigns all three appearances. <laughs> <laughs> no, you keep doing that. Those are very funny. So, you know, people are always going to get offended. But uh, real good stuff there for the best reactions in the game. You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Of course, we got an interview with Hook. He's relatively quiet, but he did say that most people don't think anything essential is invisible to the eyes. Man, I love Hook. I don't like him talking. Like he, he actually delivered this very well, but I just like him as a mute. I don't want Me him too. talking. I, I'm telling you, this whole I, I love Danhausen. I love how over he was on Wednesday. Uh, um, obviously, he he's the hometown boy, but I feel like ever since they pair Hook with Danhausen, he changed his vibe a little bit. Yeah, I don't want him talking. I want him coming out of rampage, kicking somebody's ass, and leaving. And remember, first time he talked was because of Danhausen. I need somebody to uncurse him and go back yeah. to. The badass hook. <laughs> yeah, maybe Dan Housen could curse him so that he can't talk anymore. That that could be something. Yeah, and if he and if he's gonna talk, all he needs to say is you don't even know me. That's it. That's all I want him yeah. to say. You know what I want him to say? I want him to say butch. That's all butch. Uh, you know, it's funny because his dad, Taz, was like that. He started out as kind of a mute and it was very intimidating. But then when Taz started talking, then I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, he should always be talking. This guy could actually cut a promo. With, and that's not yeah. necessarily the same with Hook because Taz was a great promo uh, despite the fact that he was good at being quiet. But Hook, I think, should well, just be Hook doesn't have the presence mm -hmm. that Taz has, right? Like, Taz is an intimidating dude that doesn't have to say anything to to make you scared of him, right? And then when he starts talking, he has that intensity. Hook doesn't have that look and he doesn't have that intensity when he talks, which is what makes it so awesome when he just comes out and just fucks somebody up. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, you don't expect that from him. And then he just leaves. Like I like the, it's almost like a careless vibe. And I, I, I like that version of Hook. And I feel like we haven't seen that since that we are paired up with Dan Housen. That now, now they're not even like addressing because when they said, oh, I love FDR and I'm always going to take an FDR match over anything. But when they're like, oh, Dan Housen is going to find two partners to take on 
you know, Max Caster and the, and the ass boys, I thought the hook was going to be involved in that because it only makes sense. And they didn't even do that. Yeah, absolutely. And it does break my heart that Max Caster and the ass boys aren't really a thing. They were just getting going. It's one of my favorite acts. And apparently they're splitting and yeah, Billy Guns with them. Anthony Valens can walk. It was a miracle, Alfred. Yeah. He can walk now. And they really wasted it by making him look like a klutz. But at least oh, I wanted back it. I wanted it to be uh, Dan Housen trying to curse him and him reversing the curse somehow. Or like a curse gone wrong and now he can walk. Like that would have been awesome. <laughs> that is a way better idea than what they did. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had a Yoshihashi and Hiroku Goto. Hiroki Goto. Hiroki Goto versus the Young Bucks. We're still doing Forbidden Door. Uh, this match, uh, I felt like it was just kind of your standard Young Bucks match, but with two rings, they really took it to another level, especially yeah. for the finish where they did the dirt sheet driver, or the Meltzer driver, whatever you want to call the it. The Meltzer driver <laughs> using the two rings. Oh. Yes. It was amazing with Nick Jackson jumping yeah. from one ring to the other doing the Meltzer driver. Uh, great looking finish. They had a lot of great spots. I like this match, but it's like the Young Bucks have established this level where they had like one of the greatest matches I've ever seen in wrestling on Rampage just a couple of weeks ago. So this wasn't as good at that, but it's not fair, but it was still a good match. And uh, they did all the, all the things and Young Bucks won. Yeah. At this point, I mean, I can't wait to get it because we'll get, we'll get there. But at this point, I feel like if you announce FTR all the Young Bucks for a match, regardless of who their opponent are and you enjoy wrestling, Sit, sit back and enjoy because they're going to put on a good match no matter who they wrestle against. And I respect that because if you're wrestling against two guys I'm completely not familiar with, it's going to make me invested. And that's what happened tonight. I watched for the Young Bucks and I ended up really enjoying the match. Yes, absolutely. And uh, we have a segment. Speaking of people who we're not familiar with, Jonathan Gresham, who a lot of AEW oh. fans, I'm sure, are not familiar with. ROH champion, or Jonathan Gresham. Shout out to Terminus, Black-owned business. Uh, Jonathan Gresham will be on Rampage next week. Now, they were very confusing in this segment because they said that they want Jonathan Gresham and Lee Moriarty want Tolly Blanchard's two biggest clients. They did not say the name of these individuals. And Jonathan Gresham did say he will be on Rampage, but did not specify if that's going to be a tag team match between these two individuals individuals or a singles match yeah. but they're finally getting around to jonathan gresham who's featured on battle of the belts to having a match next week and i think people who don't know him are in for a treat he is one of the best technical wrestlers in the world he did question why he's not on that list of brian danielson and zach saber jr and i'm glad he's going to get to show us stuff next week can't wait can't wait. <laughs> you sound ecstatic. <laughs> Listen, I don't blame you because they don't do a good job like promoting these people in terms of ROH. I feel like they put ROH on the back burner. And uh, you yeah, know, ROH really... does not tiltulate my juices. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very dry for ROH. We had a very dry show here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's going to have to do more to promote the brand of ROH so that we can really care about when people agree, uh, agree. And, and I think he did a good job putting the belt on, you know, I think it's a TV championship belt that Samoa Joe has. Yes. But now he's not on TV, which is so good. Our King is filming a, a movie or something like it's awesome that they're branching out. The AW needs that. But without Samoa Joe being on TV, which is one of the few champions that I care about, I like Mercedes, but she's also never on TV to showcase she's the women's champion. So I just yeah. wish they did a little bit more with them. I think that with Forbindor, a lot of these people have to take a step back, and I'm happy to see them coming back, being featured on TV. Yes, and shout out to uh, uh, Colin and Toa Leona, Colin who follows me on Twitter. Uh, the Gods of Agony, of course, were the two individuals in question. Hey, big guys, very impressive guys. A lot of good workers in ROH, great workers. But again, 
Tony Khan is on AEW to promote ROH the brand, and they're going to have the depth before Dishonor pay per view. So I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of promotion for that. But at the same time, again, this is a very small slice of your audience. You're going to need to balance growing the company to the masses and this hardcore wrestling comfort food because uh, you All could right. fall into the trap of alienating the audience, as is what happened for the Forbidden Door buildup. We get uh, to the main event, Nyla Rose versus Tony Storm. Nyla Rose had a pretty good line where she said, if Marina Shafir is the problem, I'm the goddamn catastrophe. So uh, Marina Shafir in Nyla Rose's corner. And that was the story of this match, which Marina constantly interfering. It's weird because so Nyla Rose, there was an O'Connor roll spot to where Nyla Rose pulls off the turnbuckle pad. So you're thinking that's going to factor into the finish. But no, Tony Storm just wins with a pendulum DDT. No turnbuckles. Uh, they beat her down. Of course, Thunder Rosa comes to make the save, and they do the respect angle between Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa. So it seems, even though Tony Storm did say she wants to keep chasing the title, that they're going to do the respect thing for now. I don't know if they're going to move away from them as rivals for now, but... Uh, Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm stood tall to end the show. What did you think about this main event, Ease? Uh, I have a lot to say and a little to say, right? A lot of not, a lot of nothing. But why is Nyla Rose with Marina Shafir? It's never being explained. I love Nyla Rose. I love seeing her on TV. I think she's great. But this ha- they just started coming out together without a simple video package, backstage statement, nothing. Um, so I, I, I have problems with, I, I've always had problems with how they tell stories with the women in AEW. You put them in the main event on your show that 300,000 people watch, but I'm not going to make a comment about that. Aside from <laughs> it. Um, the match was all right. I think, I think Nyla can work with anyone. I, I love seeing Tony Storm being featured. Wonder where mm-hmm. Ruby Soho has been featured Tony Storm more than Ruby Soho since she got Tina was already YouTube. And then you put Tony Rosa, who retained her championship at Forbidden Door, not mentioned at all on Wednesday, and you put her for a whole 30 seconds as an afterthought to this match. Not fair to your AEW World's champion. Not fair. Also, Tony Khan, you didn't fool me on Wednesday. The only reason why you put the women at 8.30, it was because you had a one-hour match. So they still ended up getting the shit segment before the main event. Um, I just want the women to be featured better. Because I feel AW has such a talented roster and there's no story being told here outside of the respect factor. Yes, you know, but I just, I feel Thunder Rosa should be featured a little bit more and feeling like an afterthought to a different match. And I'm not okay with that for your world champion. I agree. I think Thunder Rosa should be featured a lot more. And I feel like what they've done with, I think Britt Baker and Jade Cargill are two of their biggest TV stars, regardless of gender. And that kind of fell into their lap to where they did cultivate it and did a good job in running with it. So they are clearly capable of creating these women stars. It's just, I don't think they're committed to it. And they've got a division with so much talent, whether it's Ruby Soho, who you just mentioned, Tony Storm, even Nala Rose, I think does a great job as a monster heel. They've got a lot of talent in that women's division. I don't think there's any excuse as to of why they shouldn't have a good division with all these contenders, a lot like what NXT does a good job of yeah. in terms of building up a strong, deep division of women. AEW is far away from that, despite having the pieces. So that's why and it you stands know what? out so much. Your, your biggest names in your men's division are coming down. Wouldn't this be the perfect opportunity to start doing more with your women's division to kind of like fulfill a little bit of the holes and the plots that you're having on your stories? 
I'm just, I'm just saying, I, I, I'm, I just want more. I see so many people on my own channel, you know, I have discussions like talking about like, well, if they really such as she should go to AW. And I'm like, no, no, what are they going to do with her over there? Yeah. Put a product that will make somebody at the level that Sasha Banks is say, okay, I'm going to go over there because if I'm Sasha Banks and I'm looking at this, I'll be like, I'm better off just sitting here collecting my money and having fun. Yeah, I keep getting them checks. I, I it, Sasha Banks, and this is what you can say about a lot of people on AEW. Even Athena, we're seeing this already with her. Great debut, big pop, and then slowly but surely, sometimes violently quickly, you see them flame out and go away for a while, and they don't really have the follow-up. It's a great debuting company. Yeah, but Athena and Jade are having a great feud on, on Twitter. It shouldn't take Twitter. Yeah. They shouldn't be building these feuds on Twitter because they don't have TV time, you know? So I just want more for the women. And I feel like now there's opportunities. For Bindor, it's out of the way. You put Thunder Rose and Tony Storm in there to be politically correct and have a women's match in the card. Like, I don't care what anybody says. I'm not I'm not leaving that that theory. Right. I'm sticking to it. So, okay, we're done with Forbindor. Let's let's put the, the women in, in a better spot because... Your guys are all going down slowly. So this is a perfect opportunity to say, okay, let me showcase this. 100%. And maybe they might need to do a tournament because I find that they do the best job in putting women on TV and having them wrestle and having to come up with stories when they're doing these tournaments. I think that was very intriguing between Chris Statlander and Ruby Soho where they had a chance to really make Chris Statlander the star because people were starting to get upset that the former WWE person's coming in. And that's something that you could really yeah, build on within Chris the women's Statlander division. Chris Statlander with Athena. And that's yeah, going to completely outshine what you're doing with Athena because everybody's behind Chris Statlander now. So you should have never yeah, paired them up. Like, you should have never paired them up. Absolutely. And they, they had a chance to run with some type of story coming out of that tournament. And they've just gone back to defaulting and making her just kind of the background. And I just think they're doing them a disservice. So um, Yeah, and I also think that you could book better things uh, as far as promo. Like, I don't know how the creative is working for the women. I know Big Swole said there isn't really a lot of creative help for the women, but I personally hated the promo that Athena cut about how sexy Jay dresses and this and that. He's like, no, we're, this is 2022. Women can dress however they want and nobody's going to judge them for that. Right. You know, pick on her for her talent. Pick on her because she only has 33 matches under her belt. Don't pick on her because she, if, if I look like Jade, I'll never have clothes on. Honestly, you will have to be like, please get dressed. So it's like, like admit it. I feel like any woman will look at her, her man and go like, why are you even dressed? Like that's, it's perfection right there. So I just didn't like that. And it felt very like, oh, I'm so sexy. Like it felt very Mean Girls 2002. And it was like, we don't need those kind of promos anymore. Like let's, let's talk about each other's talents. Let's talk about, you know, and, and they did that on, on Twitter. If you look at their feud on Twitter, they're going back and forth about, like, you got fired, you come here to prove yourself, and you only have to do like, their, twi their Twitter feud is much better than whatever it is that they're booking on television. Same with, actually, same with Ronda Natty. Like, yeah. Their Twitter is great. <laughs> exactly. And Jade is fire on Twitter. Her and Britt Baker yeah. have gone back and forth and had some pretty heated uh, debates yeah. on Twitter. And if that's what it takes, and AEW just maybe they need to just feature, oh, on Twitter, you show the graphics. Maybe that's what they need to start doing if they can't write these storylines, just showing what you, they're you doing know, on Twitter. Take an hour of your YouTube channel that you want to put so much product on and do some kind of like, like the bump. I think the bump, I know a lot of people don't watch it, but it's great. They kind of go over what's going on in the company, the storylines, they feature tweets, not only from the wrestlers, but the fans. They're, they're wanting to make the fans so happy. Like, add something to your programming where people can see that all of that is happening. Absolutely. Well, that is uh, your show for Rampage and SmackDown. Pretty good for both. I thought both had their moments. Both had each had something on the show that I really, really liked. Of course, more so on SmackDown. Uh, but Rampage had a great um, Rampage Rumble. 
Uh, maybe not great, but it had a very entertaining Rampage Rumble then. And the two yeah, they murdered they, they murdered Darby. Like you know. we got to check on Darby, man. Seriously, we got to check on Darby because he not only that he got thrown around in that ring too. Uh, but the two ring setup is always fun, so I thought it was a fun show. And I hope this is an annual thing after Blood and Guts. I hope they always do a Rampage Rumble uh, because I think that that format right. really worked. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I enjoy I enjoy the shows tonight, especially uh, the male models. Absolutely. So shout out to Maximum Male Models. I will be watching and applying right after the show, and I'll keep you updated on my status. We will see you Tuesday for at NYC Demon Diva. I am at This Is Nasty Alfred Kunawa. Good night, everybody. Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, You're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.